Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where the past comes alive with facts, anecdotes, and a dash of humor. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Marco. Welcome to the History AI Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck. And I'm Marco. Today, we're delving into a lesser-known, yet intriguing conflict, the Aroostook War. That's right, Marco. A war without an actual war. Exactly. But before we dive in, a quick reminder to our listeners to rate, subscribe, and share the podcast. Your five-star reviews help us reach more people and keep growing. And don't forget, you can suggest topics through our social media channels. Plus, check out our cool new merchandise, link in the show notes. Let's set the stage for the Aroostook War. The year is 1838. Europe is a continent of empires, with the British Empire at its zenith, exerting influence across the globe. Across the Atlantic, the United States is still a young nation, barely half a century old. It's a time of immense change, the Industrial Revolution is reshaping societies, and the concept of manifest destiny is taking root in American minds. The American West is a land of opportunity and conflict, with settlers pushing ever westward, often at the cost of Native American lands and treaties. Meanwhile, up north, tensions are brewing between the United States and British-controlled Canada. The heart of the issue lies in the northeast, in the dense, forested lands of Maine and New Brunswick. The Treaty of Paris, which ended the American Revolutionary War, was supposed to have defined the US-Canada border, but it left the Maine New Brunswick area vague and open to interpretation. Both sides claimed the territory. For the Americans, Control of this region meant securing their northeastern frontier and expanding their growing nation. For the British, it was about protecting their North American interests, maintaining access to key waterways, and supporting the burgeoning timber industry in Canada. This era is also marked by the rise of nationalism in both the United States and British Canada. Each side's claim to the Aroostook Valley became a matter of national pride and political pressure. The situation was further complicated by the local inhabitants, American settlers, British loyalists, and various Native American tribes, each with their own interests and allegiances. And amidst all this, the stage was set for a conflict, unique in its nature, over the icy, forested, and disputed lands of the Aroostook Valley. This was the world of the 1830s, a time of empires, young nations, and the looming shadow of conflict over a piece of land that both sides deemed crucial for their national interests. And that, listeners, is the backdrop of the Aroostook War, a peculiar and often overlooked chapter in North American history. To truly grasp the roots of the Aroostook War, we need to rewind to the aftermath of the American Revolutionary War. The Treaty of Paris in 1783 was pivotal, but it left a crucial detail hanging, the exact boundary between the United States and British North America, specifically around Maine and New Brunswick. Fast forward to the early 19th century. The United States and Great Britain had just come out of the War of 1812, a conflict that left unresolved tensions simmering, especially around borders. The main New Brunswick border was particularly contentious. Both sides interpreted the Treaty of Paris differently. The US claimed the border ran along the St. John River, while Britain saw it as running further west. This ambiguity led to a no-man's land, the Aroostook Valley. Rich in timber, a resource crucial for shipbuilding and construction during the Industrial Revolution, it became a prize both sides desperately wanted. By the 1830s, settlers from both the United States and British Canada began moving into the area, each group backed by their respective governments. 
This led to a patchwork of claims and counterclaims, turning the Aroostook Valley into a geopolitical tinderbox. Tensions escalated when both American and British lumberjacks started operating in a disputed area. Skirmishes and arrests by both sides were common, but things really heated up when a British official arrested an American land agent and his team in 1838. This incident, known as the Larustic Incident, sparked outrage in the United States. American newspapers called for action, playing on nationalistic sentiments and stoking the fires of conflict. The U.S. government, under President Martin Van Buren, felt pressured to respond. Maine's state government, led by Governor Edward Kent, declared a state of war and authorized a militia to defend its claimed territory. On the other side, the British, not wanting to appear weak, also prepared for a potential military clash. Sir John Harvey, Lieutenant Governor of New Brunswick, was instructed to assert British claims by force if necessary. So, the stage was set. In a world of empires and emerging nations, where a young United States sought to assert itself, and the British Empire aimed to maintain its global supremacy, the Aroostook Valley became more than just a piece of land, it became a symbol of national pride and power. And that, dear listeners, is the prelude to the Aroostook War, a conflict sparked by a mix of ambiguous treaties, nationalistic fervor, and the lucrative allure of timber. The Aroostook War, while not a traditional war, had its cast of key figures, each playing a pivotal role in this unique conflict. First up, on the American side, we had Governor Edward Kent of Maine. He was a man of action, fiercely protective of what he believed was rightfully Maine's territory. Under his leadership, Maine pushed aggressively for its claims in the Aroostook Valley. Another major American figure was General Winfield Scott. A veteran of the War of 1812 and a respected military leader, Scott was the epitome of a soldier diplomat. President Martin Van Buren sent him to the disputed territory as a peacekeeper, trusting his diplomatic skills as much as his military prowess. Across the border, Sir John Harvey, the lieutenant governor of New Brunswick, stood for British interests. He was an experienced military man, having served in the Napoleonic Wars. Harvey was known for his level-headedness and was just as keen as Scott to avoid an all-out conflict. Let's not forget the local players, the American and British lumberjacks. While not traditional soldiers, they were the de facto frontliners of this dispute, directly engaging in the battle over logging rights in the contested territory. And we can't overlook the influence of the British and American governments. In Washington, President Van Buren was walking a tightrope, trying to appease Maine's demands without triggering a war with Britain. Meanwhile, in London, the British government, under Prime Minister Lord Melbourne, was cautious about escalating a conflict with the United States, especially considering their global colonial interests. Then there were the local Native American tribes, whose lives and lands were directly impacted by this territorial dispute. While not central players in the political machinations, their presence and interests added another layer to the conflict's complexity. Each of these figures and groups played a crucial role in the unfolding and eventual resolution of the Aroostook War. Their actions, decisions, and at times, restraint, shaped this unique chapter in North American history. So, in this corner of the world, where American expansionism met British colonial interests, these were the main players in a drama that could have reshaped the map of North America. The Aroostook War, often turned a bloodless conflict, unfolded over a series of diplomatic maneuvers and military posturings rather than actual combat. Let's break down how this unusual conflict played out. It all escalated with the Aroostook Incident in 1838. 
the arrest of an American land agent and his team by British authorities lit the fuse. Maine's government, under Governor Edward Kent, reacted by mobilizing the state militia, sending troops into the disputed territory. This move by Maine was more than just a local decision. It prompted the U.S. federal government to take action. Concerned about the possibility of a full-blown war with Britain, President Martin Van Buren dispatched General Winfield Scott to the region with a dual mission, to assert American claims while simultaneously de-escalating the situation. On the other side, the British were gearing up too. Sir John Harvey, the lieutenant governor of New Brunswick, prepared for a military confrontation, although like Scott, he preferred a peaceful resolution. British troops in Canada were put on alert, and there were naval movements in the nearby waters. The Aroostook Valley itself became a stage for a peculiar kind of standoff. American and British troops were present, but instead of fighting, they engaged in a war of words, with occasional arrests of opposing lumberjacks and land surveyors. The tension peaked when both sides started constructing military fortifications. Fort Fairfield was built by the Americans, and the British responded with their fortifications. It seemed like a shooting war was imminent, but here's where diplomacy played its key role. General Scott, known for his diplomatic skills, began negotiations with Sir John Harvey. These talks were tense but crucial. Scott's ability to communicate and negotiate with Harvey was instrumental in avoiding actual conflict. Meanwhile, back in Washington and London, the potential for an international crisis pushed the governments to seek a diplomatic solution. The Webster-Ashburton Treaty of 1842, named after U.S. Secretary of State Daniel Webster and British diplomat Lord Ashburton, was being negotiated to resolve the issue. The remarkable thing about the Aroostook War is how it remained bloodless. Despite the troop movements, the construction of forts, and the arrests, there was a mutual understanding, perhaps even a reluctance on both sides, to avoid a real war. This period, while not marked by battles, was still rife with tension, strategy, and political maneuvering. It's a testament to the period's diplomatic and leadership skills that a potentially explosive situation was diffused. And so, the Aroostook War progressed, not in battlefields soaked in blood, but in meeting rooms and through diplomatic correspondence. A unique conflict in American history that showed how borders and national pride could ignite tensions, yet be resolved without a single shot being fired in anger. Since it was more a standoff, Traditional battle tactics weren't really used. It was a game of strategic positioning and diplomatic maneuvering. The biggest weapon was negotiation. Both sides realized a war wouldn't benefit anyone. The real heroes here are Scott and Harvey. Their ability to negotiate and maintain peace is commendable. Absolutely, Marco. Their leadership prevented what could have been a bloody conflict between two growing powers. Thankfully, the only casualties were a few bruised egos and some arrested lumberjacks. The lasting impact was more political than physical. It's a fascinating example of how conflicts can be resolved without violence. The Aroostook War, while bloodless and often overlooked in the annals of history, had significant and lasting impacts, both regionally and internationally. Absolutely, Chuck. The immediate impact was the resolution of a long-standing border dispute. The Webster-Ashburton Treaty of 1842, a direct result of the tensions in the Aroostook Valley, finally established a clear boundary between Maine and New Brunswick. This treaty was significant, not just for settling the territorial lines, but for how it was achieved, through diplomacy and negotiation, rather than war. This treaty also had broader implications for US-British relations. 
remember, this was only a few decades after the War of 1812. The peaceful resolution of the Aroostook War helped mend fences and paved the way for more amicable relations between the United States and Britain. Economically, the treaty opened up the disputed area for development. With a defined border, both American and Canadian businesses could invest in the region, particularly in the lucrative timber industry, without fear of international disputes. The war also had a significant impact on U.S. domestic politics. It showed the federal government's ability to intervene effectively in state-level disputes, something that was a contentious issue at the time. This set a precedent for federal authority over states, especially in matters of foreign policy and national security. Militarily, the Aroostook War highlighted the need for a more structured and disciplined military force. The U.S. Army's role in the conflict, especially the diplomacy and restraint shown by General Winfield Scott, was a model for how military leadership could have broader diplomatic and political implications. On a cultural level, the war and its resolution through the Webster-Ashburton Treaty contributed to a growing sense of national identity and pride in both the United States and Canada. It was a moment when both nations, through their representatives, chose the path of peace over the tumult of war. The Aroostook War also served as a lesson in international relations. It demonstrated how emerging nations could resolve their disputes without resorting to armed conflict, setting a precedent for future international diplomacy. Lastly, the war's impact on the local population, the settlers, the Native American tribes, and the lumberjacks, was profound. It brought a sense of stability and certainty to their lives, allowing them to focus on building communities and livelihoods in the region. The Aroostook War, while often just a footnote in history books, had a ripple effect that extended far beyond the borders of Maine and New Brunswick. It reshaped international relations, set legal precedents, and fostered economic growth, making it a significant event in the history of both the United States and Canada. So, the Aroostook War, a conflict that wasn't quite a conflict. A reminder of how diplomacy can triumph over warfare. A lesson still relevant today. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. Every five-star review helps us grow and continue bringing you fascinating historical tales. And for those who want to wear their history love, check out our merchandise. And as a thank you to our listeners, we're offering a 10% discount on your first purchase. Just use the code THEHISTORYAIPODCAST, all one word, at checkout. Until next time, this is Chuck and Marco, signing off from the History AI Podcast. Stay curious. Step into the thrilling world of sports betting with The Starting Line, an introduction to sports betting. Whether you're a beginner or simply curious, this comprehensive guide takes you from the basics to the advanced. Learn to decode odds, develop winning strategies, and bet responsibly. Get your copy now and transform every game into an adventure. The starting line is your first step towards mastering the art of sports betting. Available on Amazon.